Hello, vinyl lovers. I'm Antonio Staropoli. And I'm Chris Myers. And you're listening to Taste of Vinyl. Man, I really wish we were in that church with you right now, just like getting the view and just seeing everything. We've got, we we have an extra guest with us today, which is awesome. So welcome, welcome listeners. We have a great show for you today. With us, we have the married duo that makes up the noise rock band, Orobrot, all the way from their deconsecrated church located in Sweden. Please welcome Jatil Nernes and Karen Park to the show. How you guys doing? Thanks. Hello. I yeah. love the That's perfect. <laughs> and and we, have, we have their little baby boy with us. What, what is his name? His name is Storm. Storm, yeah. yes, yes. Could it be that he's the youngest guest on your podcast? He he yes. certainly is the youngest guest yes. on the podcast, and he's- we are so excited to have him on. And seriously, <laughs> we are so happy to have you guys on. We love Orobrot. We love the new album. We'll start things off asking our famous question, analog or digital? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I think... Um, and it's something that I think about a lot, so uh, and we think about a lot. And I, I think we've come to the conclusion that the mix is is the best. So both of them. Do I have to pick a pick one? You of them? don't have. No, you know, no, you're not forced to. And and a lot. You know, I'm. I almost want to do away with this question because a lot of our listeners, a lot of our guests, I should say, say the same thing. It, it's it's a mix between the two. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Again, that makes sense. We've done. We've done uh, total analog recordings in Chicago. Yeah. We did okay. a couple of albums with Steve Albini, and we did it on tape. And oh, yes. The whole process was, well, maybe the mastering probably was digital, but more or less, you know, from right. uh, the whole thing and on vinyl. Um, but then I think that the best results definitely would come from a mix and in our studio we have it's we you know we have old hammond organs we have we even have an old church organ here uh, we oh, have so our, cool. you know we have the mellotron mellotron organ and we have a bunch of microphones some of them from the 60s some from the 70s and so forth and some brand new wow we and, actually got an analog Mellotron and a di- digital, and both are working great. So yeah, and both cool. and they they are different, obviously. But but it's like it's the same with my amps. I'm using Hiawatt amps, and I have a bunch of them. I have yeah. a whole wall for my guitar, and you, some of them are new, and some of them are old, and they're different, but they they're all kick ass. Nice, nice. I love it, man. Though, like my first initial feeling when you say analog or digital is like I want to scream analog because yes, sure. (laughs) I'm just thinking from a a synthesizer perspective, and that's definitely analog. But yeah, uh, Yeah. if I if I would choose between the two, I would absolutely choose analog. Analog. Cool. Again, we always pretty handy too. Yes. Yes. For sure. For sure. You can't beat the convenience of digital. I was just going to say, we always just love hearing what our guests think about the subject. And that's why it's always an interesting question to pose. But I do understand why you'd, Antonio, you would think about, you know, getting rid of it because. Yeah. This uh, I, pretty yeah. much across the board, everyone is just like, 
Well, both, <laughs> because yeah. it makes sense, and and um, but it's still a cool question to ask. You kind of get inside the minds of you know of the people that that we're speaking with. So the reason that you guys are, are are both speaking to us at all is because you have a new album that just came out, and it's called Norwegian Gothic. And I discovered your band just browsing through vinyl pre-orders online, and I came across the the Feel It On bundle which is beautiful. I was talking to Karen about it before we began. And, you know, it motivated me to listen to the record. So needless to say, it really didn't take much to convince me to order the bundle after hearing it. And interestingly enough, the music itself is inspired by your vinyl collection and your book collection. So can you guys give us a deeper look into the creation of Norwegian Gothic in relation to those collections? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question too. I think that really early on in the process, which was it was literally when when we finished recording our previous album, Who Do You Love, yeah. which was done in Chicago <clears throat> at Albini oh, wow. Studio. Um, and once that was done, I started working on the songs and the material that ended up as a Norwegian Gothic. And we wanted in that process, it just felt that natural to just we wanted to share what we have here in the church is as yeah. simple as that really and that being you know the books that we love and the and the vinyls we have in the, in our collection and and also the church the building itself and it, and the right. record is recorded here at least partially here uh we also did some recording his drums and stuff at um, producer gomez's studio which is in um england Oh wow! Um, and I felt that you know when when the material started to when we you know develop, developed and I had this I, it just worked really well this time around and I just had a feeling that this record is this is going to be this is going to work out fine. So I also I wanted to start recording on first of January, twenty twenty because because I felt that that was a magical date. Wow. Um, and oh that, my goodness! And that it didn't work out, unfortunately. <laughs> we started January third instead. Okay. Uh, I, I okay. <laughs> I flew over to England to do um, the basic recordings, which is then drums and uh, bass and guitar. Gotcha. At, at Gomez's studio, and that, and then we finished it finished it off just about the time when they, you know, the first COVID. lockdown. Yeah. Right. You know, because I was in wow. so literally one of the last flights out of England. Then we Gomez came back, came over here to the church, and we did, we finished the record here with the vocals and the additional guitars and all of Karen's stuff, the synthesizers, and just in the nick of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that which was really good. Or else, I think, uh, yeah, we would still be waiting for a perfect time to do it. Right, um, <clears throat> even now. But I think you know when uh, we love music, we love rock and roll music, uh, and uh, we just wanted to to share it this time. And maybe you know, compared to what we've done before, you know, maybe it's, it was more secretive in a, in some ways. This time around, we wanted it really clear. You know, where does it come from? Where what's our inspiration? Right. How did we do it? And uh, at least I try to be as open about it as possible. Well, that's terrific. We also, we also thought it was pretty successful because usually Shetil is like, 
Karen, this music yeah. makes me feel sick and I want to sell all my gear at the end of a rec- <laughs> recording session, you know. But uh, this time it was like, oh, yeah, turn out all right, didn't it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that for us is pretty good when Chetil actually feels yeah. all right about the whole thing. Yeah, I did feel okay. There's a few things, of course, but... <laughs> 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 I think we're 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 our own worst critics, and just yeah. there's always something we can pick out and say, "Man, I wish I did that differently or that differently." But from our perspective, it's perfect. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Thank it's, you. Yeah. Very well done. Very well done. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. You're welcome. Of course. Um, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the band, but you started you started mentioning the church. So why don't we? touch on that a little bit because I think this is such a an interesting topic. Uh, it is the Church of Orobrot and you guys actually live in a deconsecrated church. And it you know it, it makes for great music videos and performances, but you know tell us how how you guys actually ended up living there. Yeah, so we used to live in well we met in in Bergen in Norway, on the west coast of Norway, Bergen. And okay. uh, then we moved to Oslo, the capital. And, uh-huh. uh, and we lived there for a couple of years. And Karin came up with the idea of, uh, of maybe moving to, the, to this church because the congregation were really old, as in incredibly old, and most of them had died out. And there were right. no, nothing really happened around. It was as if time was frozen really you know you you found we found some instant potato mash packages that expired in like <laughs> 88 and stuff like oh, that and it, you know, like seriously just you know like as if it just stopped in 19 say 80 or 81 or wow. 71 or whatever so and i don't know how i agreed to <laughs> why we why it happened but all of a sudden, it just happened. We packed up our stuff and we went through the. There's a lot of woods to go across the border and to here. And it's one of these, you know, these routes that they use for smuggling, I guess. So oh, wow. we, we had a trailer and we put it on our old car. And, it, you know, the head beams were just like in the treetops because of, you know, the car would just tilt because of the weight. Oh, gosh. And then we went, <laughs> went, uh, went over here. Yeah, and then, and that's it. The rest of it is history, I guess. And that is now 10 years ago. Oh, wow. wow. So you guys um, have been there for 10 years. Yes. Karen was saying earlier before we began that she actually, interestingly enough, uh, she kind of grew up in that area. Yeah. And when she was two, she said she actually performed in that very same church. Oh, interesting. Is that, is that yeah. right? My, my parents used to go here for Sunday service every Sunday. So uh, because I could sing, I sang here every Sunday. And then, but then when we, and I've always loved this place. But, um, you know, when I've been home visiting my parents, I would go here at night and play the piano. Or, oh, wow whatever but it, it was it hadn't been used for 15 years when we uh, moved in here so i i think when we rented this uh, to begin with and just you know tried it out people were like what? you're gonna live there in it's a like, church <laughs> yeah <laughs> they all thought it was really strange and not necessarily 
like an amazing thing. Like now when people come in, it's like, oh, you live here. It's so cool, this church, blah, blah, blah. But then it was, you know, the people were like, really? Is that possible? Yeah. Can you uh, live church? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I guess that a lot of people would imagine it being, especially when we get interviewed by, you know, the Catholic uh, countries like Italy or uh-huh. or Poland, they would be really, really, really interested in the church because I guess they kind of see, they think of it as some sort of stone church in the way that the Catholic churches are, you know, like like really cold. You right. Know, yeah, I would call it a stone no. church. While, while this is the Scandinavian style of churches, which is all wood. Wood. And, okay. and also this particular kind that they have in Norway too, Sweden and Norway, there's no graveyard and there's no bell in the, you know, in, in the top. Oh. It, it's slightly different. So you don't have all of the ghosts. You have me, but, you know, <laughs> so, but it is different and it's more it definitely, we didn't do much at all. We, we covered, there was some gruesome green sort of uh, wallpaper that oh, we gosh. painted white uh, and then did some other things, but it literally just moved in and it worked out because there was a big, nice kitchen um, and um, we have the, I guess it's the the preacher man's office, which is now now our, our where we sleep. Okay. Um, and then there was the second floor that used to be some sort of apartment or flat of some sort, of really oh, old. That was made into the studio, which is our studio now. Oh, okay. Okay. So the control room is second floor. So it has a big window overlooking the church room where wow. you do recordings obviously right um and then oh. there's the, there's also a, uh, an attic a, a third floor where i have my man cave oh yes <laughs> <laughs> very ah, nice that, that that that's a thing in sweden as well okay yeah. very cool <laughs> nice so, uh, Karen, I'm I'm actually interested to hear how you got involved with the band because you guys, the band has been around um, since 2001. So, um, yeah, how did you get involved? You know, when me and Chetty met, we were quite far apart, like music-wise. Like, I had my pop career and uh, Chetty was, uh, you know, Whatever it was more of a punk band back then. Okay. Right. Um, okay. So when we met, it, people were a bit like, hmm, okay, where was the This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But actually, uh, you know, we had a lot in common and we had, even though, you know, the music that we made were different, our music taste and also the love of music and the way we, look at music and, and art and life is quite similar. So it was kind of still easy for us to relate to each other's music philosophy in a way. Sure. And um, when we, you know, started playing music to each other more and more and over the years and and we started like collaborating a little bit and it kind of, you know, I just started playing a little bit, like first on the demos, and then we, I played on the record, and then I played on another record. But I, I was quite busy with my, um, my solo project at the time, so I didn't right. have to be a part of the band or anything live. But it, it kind of have 
gradually uh, we moved closer and closer. Stylistically, musically. And also like together we've taught each other so much music over the years that it's become like a new, uh, yeah, we've been educating each other basically. So I think this Uh is like the, maybe the first time where you can fully hear sort of the collaboration in that way, even though Shetil has written most of the songs, uh-huh. uh, this is maybe the first time where it's my influence has become very apparent. In, okay. In Everything's... So our music taste, like where we came from, has also kind of morphed into something completely new, which is... Uh, yeah. You know, like what we listen to. I mean, our record collection gets, you know, weirder and weirder in a way. (laughs) Because I I remember being quite conservative to some of the music that I played him in the beginning. But now I catch him buying, you know, records from those artists. So that's really awesome. Definitely. So you've infiltrated his musical tastes. Oh yes, and he's oh, that's infiltrated great. mine. And I think you can hear that in my music as well. That sure, that, sure. That it's been influenced by him. So we we've been on a on a proper journey, but it's been like a twelve year journey. Wow, sure. how cool yeah. is that that you've opened each other's minds up to your styles and influenced each other's music to a point where it's all meshed together on this new album. Yeah, and there are uh, there are still uh, sort of the like the extremes that we still argue about. Uh, <laughs> about that's uh, that's good. Yeah, I think so. A little bit of tension is okay. Sorry, <laughs> I, I'm saying like a little bit of tension is is good. It's okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I you know, listening to the record, it it all sounds very cohesive. Yes. Everything everything sounds. Just like it meshes and gels so well together, especially the synth. I really enjoy oh. the synth on the record, just because it—I don't know—it adds like this whole other dimension. And I think there's de- definitely like the the tone of like the guitars and everything. When you come in with your synth, it just adds this like layer to it. Yeah, it's so friggin' cool, man. Oh, thank you. Yes, but to but to record with Chetil also, like when when we do we record stuff, we're so on the same wavelength because, and this is totally thanks to Chetil because he's very good at. Okay, he doesn't tell me ever what to play. He just makes sure that I'm on the right vibe. So he may be just like, okay, he, okay, just you know, let me just put on this. Marvin Gaye song, for example, and ah, just getting okay. into sort of that mood, even though this is a completely different song. And I'm like, ah, I get what you mean. I like this vibe. And then we don't have to talk about like exactly what to play, play this note. Kind of Interesting. Feeling. And yeah. it's, and that's, that's, I think that's um, something that I've really admired Shietil uh, for his capability to, as band leader because that's what is to 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 influence everyone so they're just like on the right vibe never telling anyone what to play just like just like putting it out there the vibe and everyone just knows what to do it's so so amazing and then it just comes together because sure i like that that's uh you know taking taking notes right now um that's very smart actually 
So you had mentioned Steve Albini. Interestingly enough, his name comes up on our podcast and not not even on purpose. It just happens. Now, several times you've worked with him on several records, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so the guy is just a legend, you know, in his own right. He's worked with huge, you know, artists in the industry. Um, can you give us an idea of like what it's like to to work with him? Yeah, for us, it was uh, we learned a lot for sure, and it was uh, it was a really good experience. And at that time, this is many years ago. Um, sure. And we were looking for, I I was looking for the specific sound, definitely, you know, inspired by all of these bands of the 90s that I used to love, these amphetamine reptile style, you know, grungy bands, yes, obviously. Okay. Uh, but it was also, actually, mainly the idea came from listening to the Japanese band Zenigeva. Do you know those guys? Not um, familiar no, with them. I can't say we know. From the 90s. Um, and they have... Yeah, they made some brilliant records in the 90s, Zinigeva. And uh, so we went for it, and we weren't fully prepared at that time. I think if you – we were really young, and we were a really young punk band, really, you know. So so we didn't really know how to deal with, you know, that kind of a setup. Uh, and what I mean by that is that you, what you get is a fantastic studio, and I mean, working with Steve is more like, it is literally like you have a car and you just go to the best garage in in the world, you know? That's awesome. And, and it's, you know, you can afford it as a young band and everything. And it's, it's just, uh, but it, I mean, if you don't know what you're doing, then you might have a problem because you're, you're going to be recorded incredibly well and very clear, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> For us, it was kind of a, it was a bit of a shock really and we had uh, yeah. a budget for four days including mix so it was oh, wow. you know, so you really had like three days yeah it's uh, a lot of pressure <laughs> steve mixed it while we uh while we recorded basically while you were recording yeah, yeah yeah okay and and a lot of the songs were first take and it was just like it was a bit messy um but then the next time we came over, we knew what to expect. And then sure. obviously you just get brilliant results. So we went back. We've done, I think, is it four records? We've been there four times, I think. Uh, we also recorded with uh, Steve's you know, right-hand man, um, Greg Norman. Oh, wow. Um, who has recorded so many great bands too, which is remarkable because not, not everyone – has heard of him but once you go in and check out his the list of bands you know it's just like it's remarkable and um so he's really good too and uh, we've recorded in both studio a and studio b and they're both kick-ass and i think you know it's if you want if you want a better studio i don't know maybe abbey road you know you would have to go (laughs) really (laughs) that's so cool I, I really, yeah. So no wonder people, you know, the name keeps popping up, and that's right. You know, yeah, yeah. Maybe one day Chris and I will experience that, or at least um, meet him. <laughs> something like but that. He's nice. Yeah. He's re- he's nice. He's uh, you know, if you read, I would say he's really friendly, really nice. He's super smart and quite you know funny, and uh, we've had that's a great. really good time 
Time's awesome. You think you'll be recording with him again in the future? You never know. Um, I think for our next projects, I would say we're probably going to record a lot here. Now okay. that you know, gotcha. Because it is quite special here um, in the church. One thing is living in a church, but also the church has a really nice and very unique and special atmosphere. Sure. You know, you can, and you can even hear that on Norwegian Gothic. You can, I think, if you turn it up real loud, you can hear the walls creaking, and you can hear, you can literally hear the room. Um, yeah, you know? so cool. And, um, and I think that add, yeah, it adds a, a, another dimension to our music, which is sure. really important. But, I think. But also, we have Greg from uh, from Chicago over here to record whatever oh yeah in our he's, studio. he's been here oh recorded. cool very yeah. cool okay okay yeah, yeah. the best of both worlds that's yeah there you go that's terrific <laughs> so i was gonna ask karen some questions we heard you say in an interview and i, and I thought this was like really interesting that jatil knows what you're doing and you know how you're doing it yeah that's right so can you <laughs> can you elaborate a little bit on that? Uh, does this kind of refer to any of like the co-production work that you've done on the album? I think this uh, has to do with a lot of things. Like it, it kind of, uh, for example, last time we were doing a video, Chieti said, "Well, I've got this idea that would be really cool." Like all all his idea ideas comes from like he. It's like a little seed from years back and then it kind of develops until we do it. Like everything he does, he's thought of at least, you know, a few years. So so then he thinks about it for a long time and then he tells me the idea and then it's like, hmm, how do we do that? And then, you know, so he had this video idea. He told me and I said, yeah, that's really cool. And then I kind of put together a team and... uh, uh, produced the video and made sure that it happened basically right right okay so he's got the vision and you've got the the logistical part of it like handled yeah i think so and sometimes (laughs) sometimes or um and that goes especially for the uh for the music i say a lot of the time also uh, visually i uh maybe has sometimes more of a vision than him as for you know how things are supposed to look sure, sure, uh, sure. but um but yeah i think that he uh, especially music wise he he has a very clear vision that that was there before i was involved and it's probably you know going he he said to me once that he has like a 20 year old like 20 year plan ahead so wow <laughs> so he's he's thought about he's it. uh he's quite an interesting individual i can i can see he really is tell us about because you still aside from being in Orobrat, you are you have your own uh career and you just did a collaboration with artist i'm going to probably c- pronounce this incorrectly lustmord that's perfect. Okay. That's Excellent. how he would pronounce it himself because he's Lust Mord. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and it's the record's called Alter. So can you just give us an idea about how that collaboration went down? 
Yeah, we've uh, been, uh, you know, fans of Lost Mord for a long time. And uh, I had one of his albums here and I you just loved the, the, the feel of the paper on the record. Right. And uh, I, I was going to, you know, print my own vinyl at the time. So I just DM'd him and asked him, do you know what kind of paper you've used? Because I would like to use the same, the same kind of paper, basically. And then he replied uh, that he couldn't remember what he was, but <laughs> he started talking about other things. And then he checked out my music and then... He was like, oh, and then, yeah, we started talking more and more. And then he did a remix for me. And when he heard the remix, he said, uh, now when I've heard your voice also like in solo, just with no other instruments around it, I know that I just have to work with you on these songs that I'm planning on doing. And uh, he came over to Sweden. Uh He lives in LA. So. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So all the way from LA to Sweden. Yeah. But we, 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 you know, had conversations for a long time before he came over. And, uh, yeah, it was super interesting. And so you provided That's, your voice for, for that record? Yeah, and I play organ and I play okay. a lot of, like, of those instruments sure. that I play. I, I play mainly keyboard instruments. What would you say that the record, like, if nobody's heard it what could they expect listening to it it's to me it's a very deep record in many ways it kind of it's a very sort of primal album okay it's like it cuts away all the to me cuts away all the bullshit it kind of goes to some kind of core all the vocals on the record is just like pure improvisation that it's just like one or two takes that I just sang whatever came to mind at the time we recorded it. And it's just like a, it's a very direct connection from my inner being like directly into the record. There's no like thought out sort of thing between there. Sure. Right. Sounds pretty soulful. I think think it is a very soulful. It's fantastic. It's like a, it's like a wine which is really earthy and smoky. Contrary Ooh. to fruit. Wow. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yes. Oh, man, that sounds amazing. Okay. Well, everybody take a listen to Lustboard. Uh, the record's <laughs> called Alter, and I, I believe it's a um, pre-order right now. It's not out yet. No, it's pre-order. So okay. in July. Okay. Oh, in, okay. in July. Okay. Very cool. So, Jatil, I have Hello. a question for you. Now, I know that this is probably something that you've spoken about many times and you're probably sick of speaking about it and I apologize. No worries. <laughs> uh however, it I, I believe that it is it is interesting uh in that it speaks a lot to your character. But back in twenty fourteen you were actually diagnosed with um throat cancer and you received the news right before going on tour. Yeah. And despite that Rather than going in for treatment right away and putting the tour on hold, you actually went on tour, yeah. and then and then as soon as you were done, then you you went through treatment. Yeah. So this is, I mean, it this it's just you're clearly a much better person than I am because like wow, you were just like nope, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go on tour, 
and I'm going to finish this up and then and then we'll we'll take care of this. Can you tell us about that whole just that whole experience and I'm sure again it's probably something that you're sick of speaking about because this already this happened it was 7 years ago, yeah. Yeah. Um and so uh and it's probably not the the happiest topic to talk about. Yeah. Um but again I still think that it it just speaks volumes about you as a person uh, to make that decision. So um, can you just walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I, it, it is a, it's a really important time for me personally, but also for the band. So, you know, it, it is a good question. Um, and, uh, and I don't really mind talking about it at all. It's, I'm okay. totally fine with that. Uh, it, it was a, it was an insane time, obviously. Sure. And once you get that, once you get that message, you, you go into some sort of different mode, and it's it's this really strange, weird sensation where all of a sudden you could because it's um, so serious, and also my cancer was, you know, it had developed over some time, so it was really, you know, it was bad. It was bad news. Sure. Um, yeah, but that really slapped me out of some sort of m- mode that I've been in for for a very long time. Yeah. So I remember I I saw things really vividly at that time. I, I remember it just made things really clear. Like even going outside and looking at the trees and the woods, you just saw them really clearly, wow. and it almost felt like this is probably how you should see them. You know, right, right. You're just in this different loop, which everyone is in, I guess. You know, you just end up in some sort of loop and you can't really see stuff properly and you can't really think about everything as clearly as maybe you should you should do. But anyways, the I guess you go into some sort of shock mode, definitely. Um, yeah. And then the reason why I would do the tour that was some crazy ass decision (laughs) like some sort of uh all right so let's do this tour because it's going to be my last i I, i'm not sure even why but he's that makes sense to me she just said to me because the doctor said okay you're gonna have to come in for treatment right away because this is right gone you know quite far and but she just said look karen if this is if i if i'm gonna if i die or if I lose my voice, and this is the last tour I'll ever do, I can't cancel it. So I'm going to have to do this tour, and then we'll yeah. see what happens afterwards. Wow. And I was, ooh. Yeah, and we actually ca- we called up my the goodness. hospital to postpone the treatment. <laughs> they <laughs> were probably oh, wow. like, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, so th- yeah, exactly. They were just like, all right, well, uh, we'll be here for you when you get back. My they were goodness. pretty okay with it. Um, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Also, that's kind of also how I started to to be with Orabrot on tour because I said, if you – I came with Chetil on that tour, not oh, to be, yeah. just to be there with him. And right. uh, we said, okay, if if you survive this, let's let's not spend our lives on on two different tours all the time. Let's then I'll come with you on tour, and you'll come with me, and and let's sacrifice a little bit to be able to be sure. Together. And that's kind of what we've done. So 
Yeah, oh, so that's we beautiful. Did the, we did the tour. It was a quite memorable tour too. It was pretty good. It was with an American band called The Body and uh, this English band called Hate Colossus, which released a fantastic record last year. So it was, uh, it was pretty good. And we played in a church too in Bristol, I remember. But it, wow. was, it was strange. It was like, uh, you know, when you have the guillotine you know, just yeah, hang, hanging over right, your head. Right. I can't imagine yeah, of your neck, literally. It was wow. this weird gig where where they played in a, a church in Bristol, and Chetan was singing in the middle, and behind him there were two angels looking down on him as sort of the the church. You know, oh, interesting. Sure they don't say backdrop about that, but it was like a painting. Sure. And it was yeah. so crazy. And Symbolic to, yeah, in a way, kind of. My yeah, goodness. So that was, a, you know, that was a weird time. Fortunately, it all went okay and I'm totally fine and I've been fine ever since that time. Uh, That's wonderful. <clears throat> We're, I mean, very happy great, to hear honestly. that. Really, yeah, awesome. Even better, and uh, yeah. So, and also, wow. I think it's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> wow. fantastic. I say it's um, it, it's a really so that for me as and from for Karen too as a, as people that was a really you know unique you know, kind of special experience, obviously, but also for the band because after that I I wrote the gospel, which was the record that kind of right. The gospel really took us to a different level. It really, and I incorporated some of the those experiences in that record, and there was a lot of attention to it at the time, and a lot of things happened, and and all. I think that you know it was really really important record for the band. So um, you know, some good stuff came out of it, definitely. Yeah. Since you, since you um, are new to Orabrot, you probably don't know that there's a documentary that was made after that. There was this journalist who was going to do like a, a short documentary about Chetil, but it turned out he followed us for a year. And then it, it became like the opening movie on on the Norway's biggest uh, film festival what? that year. Oh, and wow. It's called Cox and Crosses. And it's kind of a documentary about us. Yeah, our life in the church, I guess. Yeah, and it's oh, that's uh, so cool. And it's yeah, called it Cox and the Crosses. Co Cox and Crosses. Cox and Crosses. Yeah, the music that wouldn't die. That's great. We're definitely gonna have to take a look at that. Yes, very interesting stuff. So you know, yeah, like uh, like we said, man, we're we're very excited and happy that that you're healthy and that uh, you're able to continue making music and have this wonderful life and have beautiful children. So yes. awesome. awesome. <laughs> so looking ahead, you know, looking forward, you guys uh, are planning to, you know, have a show. I believe it's in July for Norwegian Gothic. July and August, you have shows. Is that right? It was right. Now, oh, okay. are they pushed? Yeah. Are they pushed back? Yeah, I think that everything in Europe, I think that most everything is is postponed it's is pushed till yeah 2022 okay oh shit. yeah wow okay well i was gonna ask <laughs> if you were excited to get back and you know start playing but that's uh <laughs> that question is irrelevant now yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, i'm sure that you guys are really you know you guys want to play out you guys want to do something because 
it sounds like you guys recorded Norwegian Gothic like a while ago. Yeah, and yeah. it seems like you guys are you know recently released it in hopes that you could support it with a tour. Is that right? Yeah. Exactly. So now, obviously, very different. Um, which is, you know, there's a lot of cons to that, but there is a, there's a few pros too. Um, interestingly, because the pandemic has created this sort of break, which has been good for us to to sort of reorganize a few things that we that was really necessary to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah. We did shoot a uh, concert film here in the church which will be released in one way or the other at some point. There will probably be, you know, some stream stuff. The next cool. show is that we, we're doing two very big Norwegian shows in January, very okay, early okay. January. And, uh, and that is cool because it's, it's a major step up for us. It's, it's a definitely, it's like, they must be twice the size we usually play. So oh, wow. there's, there's been a big change now with the new record and, and we're, we're really happy about it. And also it creates a wonderful opportunity to, you know, do a, you know, big, big stuff, like a big um, headlining show. Yeah. Um, and we're really looking forward to that. And, and it's, you know, it is, we need the time now before that. We, we need this half a year to prepare and make sure that it's top-notch sure so, yeah i'm not too worried about these shows being postponed until next year because it you know it's probably the same in the states it's really restricted everything and it's yeah so hard and we can't yeah. even rehearse with our norwegian drummer because he the, the borders are closed wow you can't, can't travel well, well you, you mean- know well, yeah. what's going on? I mean, are people not being vaccinated? Is that like, is that what's happening? No, people are getting va- vaccinated. I actually got, because I had cancer, I got on one of those early lists. List. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got the one Pfizer. I, uh-huh. I had oh, one, one jab. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, no, they, it's, um, you know, it's, it's moving ahead, but it's just slow and also to Norway, there's a difference between EU, it's okay, but now with Brexit, England is really hard, and Norway is outside of EU, so the borders are more are stricter. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so you okay. obviously you can go to Norway, but it would involve so much paperwork and uh, sort of like going to the States, really. You know, it costs right. a lot of money. Really, <laughs> Is there any, I mean, and it's hard, it's, I guess it's may be hard to say, but do you plan on touring in the US? That's uh, another good question. I'm not sure. We'd love to come back, obviously. Um, we have no plans for now in gotcha. okay. at okay. all. I think first, if we need to focus on doing, yeah, first is the Norwegian shows, obviously, and then we're going to do a European tour. But as it looks now, because I mean, all there are thousands and thousands of bands waiting to do tours and stuff. That is, <laughs> that is true. But <laughs> if you listen very carefully when you answered that question, you can hear my heartbreak. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you can. Yeah. Because I really want to see you guys. Yeah, I really want to see you guys. I, I think you know. Be be patient. I promise okay. you, we'll be there eventually. Because we're, you know, we've been around for a long time, and it's not going to, you know, I'm not, 
I'm the kind of guy, I, I figured out a few years ago, probably around the time when I got sick or just before that or just after that, that, you know, I'm I'm not going to get a job at a Texaco gas station. You know, I'm not going to get a <laughs> right. But it's can't. so fun there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> you can't hire a guy with a big hat like I have. And it's <laughs> just, it's, it's not going to work anymore. I'm, I'm doomed to this, you know, so... Yeah the rest of my life so so i'm definitely coming back at some point just be patient and we'll be there okay i'll we're just very anxious and excited yeah (laughs) yeah sure and um let's get to the to the part where we talk we actually talk about vinyl because we started off the episode kind of talking a little bit about vinyl and how i discovered you guys and the role that it played in uh your writing Norwegian Gothic. So can you give us a peek inside your vinyl collection and tell us what we can find? Yeah, it's, uh, I would say that it's a, I call it a rock and roll collection because it's, it's rock orientated. Definitely. Sure. We have, I'm not sure how many records we have. Uh, I had, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> It's a bit of a crazy story, but I had all of my CDs uh, damaged, to put it that way, by okay. uh, oh wow, in a in a wild incident, and uh, so we I had to stop. Did it involve fire? Uh, no, <laughs> a fiery wife, ex-wife is more. Oh no! <laughs> oh man! Well, we won't go too far into that. Then. All right, yeah. so we we'll, we'll just yeah. gloss over that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, bottom line is your CDs are gone. Got yeah. it. <laughs> Along with most everything else from that time, but that oh, gave me, you know, the the term tabula rasa. You know, the clean slate. So at least uh, it gave me a good chance yes. to build okay. a proper vinyl collection. Um, so we have some hundred, I don't know if they, they can't be a thousand, but they, there's a good collection of records. Sure. <laughs> and, um, and when I say it's a rock and roll collection, I mean rock in every possible way of yeah. being rock, uh, sure. which can be a lot, you know? So the, there's obviously metal records there too. And, Sure. There's really weird, this classical music, all the weird minimalist composer, composers. There's, uh, there's a, you know, a, a growing collection of jazz records too. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Miles Davis and John Coltrane and that stuff. There is, uh, there's a couple of hip hop records even, but mostly nice. it's, it's rock. Okay. for sure is there a record that you find yourself kind of like going and listening to more so than other records that you have like man i got i want to listen to this again yes uh we also we have our record player we have several record players but we have the the main one is in our kitchen oh, so oh. we listen to music while cooking and while preparing breakfast and whatever else we you know yeah. and i do the same of, thing That's yeah exactly so cool. We have so all of them have kind of fat stains on them. Yeah, remember, uh. you know, you have those. Um, you know, you have those Swans records that are, you know, those cardboard style records. You know, the the cover is I don't know, I would call it cardboard, but it's it's yeah. so right. easy to stain. Yes. Oh sure. They're full of because you want to change them also while cooking, so you kind of 
sometimes I just, I would ever just change the, you know, side or flip the side or, or just, you know, go to the second vinyl and you just, yeah. it creates all these <laughs> stains. stains. <laughs> um, I wouldn't do that with all of our records to be honest, but some, most of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but before we get too deep into the fat stain stories, I think she missed a very relevant point of the beginning of our vinyl collection. Ah, when the CDs were gone, I actually uh, took a note of all the titles of the CDs, and that wasn't few. Uh, Oh, wow. For his 30th birthday, I bought uh, all the titles that I could find on vinyl. Oh, wow. And that's how the vinyl collection actually that started. was how it started wow that That's is amazing. so awesome that is pretty awesome huh and i okay also- that is pretty awesome and that is and jatil that's when you realized i need to marry this woman yeah <laughs> well i said because- to the record shops well keep the list because there might be someone after me who's gonna need this <laughs> my goodness <laughs> <laughs> That's so far, so good. and she's got yes, and she's yes. got a sense of humor Good for you, yeah. My goodness. You can't do that again. It's, it's getting too wild and big. But uh, yeah. It's, it's- wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. A great story. So now, uh, just to kind of wrap things up with Norwegian Gothic, if there is one thing that you want people to take away from Norwegian Gothic after listening to it, what would it be? Oh, I hope that they will capture the that sort of the essence of uh, the band or robot I, yeah I, I was that was what i was trying to achieve at least you know you know i actually read in a review of the album something really amazing mm. and i'm going to see because i took a picture of it and i'll see if i can find it because i thought they just captured the essence of norwegian gothic so good but you can keep talking and i'll see if i can find it I was just going to say that I I just think that you definitely can hear, like, I think probably recording it in a church, knowing that now it's just so beautiful and like the acoustics from that. And I'm definitely going to turn it up louder so I can hear the depth of those creaks and like the (laughs) other, you know, sounds coming from like, you know. It's got that vibe though, It does have that vibe. Like, Like, I'm not, like, it wasn't like a surprise to me. To know that that's where it was recorded. You know what I mean? It's funny because the title Norwegian Gothic, I immediately thought, oh, this is a Gothic band. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) And I guess that's not really the case. The title was uh, was actually an American friend of ours who called us Norwegian Gothic, but he was referring to that painting, you know, American Gothic. Oh, okay. The two farmers in front of that. Yes. Like a big barn, really. um, oh, fuck, and, I love that. And you know that makes and, and I wrote it down, and I thought it was a, you know, it's a funny and, and quite accurate <laughs> too in a way uh, title. And also, there's been a lot of questions throughout the years about what is Orabot because what what kind of music is it really? Is yeah. it you know, it's not really met. It's too, kind of too rock for metal, and it's too heavy or whatever for rock too. It doesn't really fit anywhere maybe right at least a lot of people have asked us about that and i felt that maybe norwegian gothic also would kind of explain the music in some way and i'm not thinking of goth as the new sort of 
weird Game of Thronesy goth. Um, right, right. <laughs> I'm thinking of that. You know, if you think of the early '80s, you know, the Susie and the Banshees and yeah. uh, Birthday Party and Bauhaus and all of these bands that I love. Yeah, they were also called goth sure. um, at that yeah. time, and also Norwegian Gothic. You know, the, the, speaking of the books that I I love. Cormac McCarthy and I love William Faulkner and they're all part of what you guys call Southern Gothic, right? So yeah, all right. So it kind of fits all of that stuff. Um, it all ties in, yeah, yeah. Yes, and now I think that Karen found the quote. Uh, oh yes, you. Um, so let's check that out. Yeah, it just said at the end of the review. Norwegian Gothic is that is that statement of two mortals trying to squeeze everything out of life while being painfully aware of its shortcomings. Wow. Oh, interesting. I thought that was really beautiful and quite accurate too. Mm. <laughs> that is beautiful. I love it. I can hear it. I can I get it. Yes. So guys, thank you so very much for sitting with us and answering all of our questions. It was really Quite a treat for us. That brings us to On the Platter. Oh, God, it's so good. Mmm, so good and tasty. So today we will be discussing Violator by Depeche Mode, which was released back in March of 1990. Which, you know, I guess when uh, in 1990 when this album came out, I was seven years old. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So I really didn't have the ability to appreciate this record the way that I should have been able to appreciate it. But I, I do remember listening, like hearing some of the songs on the radio and on MTV, even though I was pretty young at the time. So then growing up as I got older, I remember, you know, thinking of that band and thinking of like the nostalgia part of it and then doing like a deeper dive into that record because, you know, I... I I heard like Enjoy the Silence and Personal Jesus. Uh, so like I heard like, you know, all, like I said, like the, the the hits, the stuff that was on the radio. Um, so then discovering the album, uh, you know, just listening to the rest of it, you know, taking it all in when I was like 21, 22, I was really able to appreciate everything. And so like, I just love the whole record. It's up there. It's one of my all-time favorite records now. And yeah, I mean, for me, uh, it's it's just it's it's a defining record for me personally. So yeah, that's all I have to say about it for, from my point of view. <laughs> I think a lot of people would agree with you. You know exactly what you yeah. said. Um, yeah, such a massive record. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and uh, obviously, yeah, Depeche Mode were were definitely one of the bands. You know that connected me and Karen musically too in the beginning when we met up met up and um it was yeah a little bit of a different story how I got into them because I remember because when I was when I was 17 18 when uh was maybe that was the, the record after was it ultra was that the record after was the uh, one yeah ultra, ultra was after I believe yep it's after, yeah, yeah, but was that yeah. the, yeah. Because um, I remember really well when that came out and we we were listening to it so much and there were some really big hits and on that one. And from there on, I started 
checking out the earlier stuff really going back even, or, and yeah. even though of course you knew about personal Sh- Jesus sure. and all of these early 80s hits uh, of the For sure. right but going like really deep and violator 2 is great because it's, i get i would say that the early records with the mode they always have some really great songs and then there are some songs that are a little weird and then yeah <laughs> sure as in, as <laughs> basically (laughs) (laughs) your honesty is uh i love it man (laughs) no i i think you're you're right man there are definitely some songs that can turn you off a little bit you're like "Mm, i don't know you know but this record it's really got it it, i think you know all the way through it's it's got a vibe it's it's awesome man definitely definitely and um, and the guy who did it was that Flood who who recorded and produced it. I think so. He and, did. He did. Yep. And he was. Yeah. Uh, he's done so many great things, and he he also did the last two PJ Harvey records, which I find correct. Like, oh wow, fantastic those two. Um, and his Mute records, and it's all. I mean, it's it's per- perfection, isn't it? It is. I can't speak um, to that because I don't. Uh, I. Funny enough, I've never listened to PJ Harvey. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, but I, it's because I, I see so many people on Instagram posting uh, her records like all of the time. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely one of those uh, record, uh, one of those artists that I want to listen to, but just never have. You have a lot of good things in the wait for you. Sir, ah, yes. sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. You Chris, know, can this, you give us a little bit of an idea, like how your experience with the record? Yeah, sure. I definitely heard her enjoy the silence sometime in the nineties, um, just because my older brother listened to a bunch of that stuff, and oh, that's um, cool. I was I was still young at the time, being third, you know, ten, eleven, didn't know much more than like what was on the radio, and I don't remember hearing too much Depeche Mode on the radio, at least what I listened to. But, um, yeah, when I got into high school, getting into like, you know, punk Other, and like, yeah. yeah, like hair metal and like definitely do- delving into what's probably now my favorite decade of music is the eighties just because, <laughs> just because of like, you know, there's just so much great music and, um, yeah. Yeah. So the cure and then Depeche mode and stuff like that. And, um, Ugh, this, love that stuff, man. Yeah. This album, this is the first album I listened to from Depeche Mode and then worked my way backwards and then came back around and then worked forward towards <laughs> towards their newer stuff. Yeah, so okay. I could catch up. I could kind of catch up there. But this album is, is just phenomenal. And it's it's surprising that it was as popular as it was being mm. on the basically the end of you know, being released in the '90s in the U- for the U.S. and that was you know every decade like the '80s is known for new wave, the '80s yeah. is known for dark wave, like and that uh-huh. sort of stuff. So you think yeah. of the '90s, you don't really think of that stuff anymore. Yeah. You're like you know, it, it it bugs me out <clears throat> to even think like I think about that every once in a while. I'm like this. I always think that the record was released in the '80s sometimes just because it has right. that feel to it, right? But it was 1990, and yeah. you know the grunge scene was happening. It was like a yes. huge push a in that shift. direction, and things were definitely drifting away from that. But 
Yeah. Despite that, they still saw success and they still, they did. you know, like uh, Personal Jesus and Enjoy the Silence. Enjoy the sure. Silence is like their biggest fucking song, man, right? Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, you know, the most popular. Uh, yeah, dude. So, I mean, I think despite all that, it still did well. Um, it did. And it's so interesting to think about, you know, the just the time that it came out and how it sounded and how it still influences people. Oh, yeah. You know? I, I felt like when uh, you know we decided to choose Violator for this episode for speaking with you guys, I just had a feeling. I thought this is definitely something that comes to mind. Listening to Aurabrot, I thought th- th- there must be some Depeche Mode. Um, I can I was going to say a little bit even. So you know, I th- I f- I just feel like their reach in terms of influence um, is is fairly wide. That, yeah. that must be from me, mainly. Yeah, I think that. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the synth, yes. for, for sure. Uh, at least that element of it for me. But, um, yeah. you know, and if we're going to pick favorites on the, on the record, which, you know, um, I always have trouble doing, but I think for this one, Policy of Truth is, some, is a Ooh. track that stands out for me. Did, did you guys ever see Depeche Mode live? Ugh. No. I wish I could say I have. I have not. We've Twice done. you guys have seen them. You have. No, That's amazing. No, but oh, once. Oh, oh. The victory sign. Oh, yeah. the victory sign. <laughs> okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah, we saw them, and that was it was a few years ago, but they were all... They had... They have some of the same... I saw Rolling Stones, um, like, many years ago now, but they were they were quite old. I, I'm not yeah, going to they're so them. old, and they're, they yeah. still fucking... Kill it. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it was. Tw- yeah. Th- this was about twenty years ago, and they were phenomenal. I'm not going to compare those two bands in any way, but they do have some things in common, actually, and that is that Rolling Stones and Depeche Mode, both of the bands, did this trick of of you know Dave Gahan and Mick Jagger. They leave the stage for a while, and then they let Keith Richards and uh, Martin Gore sing a few songs, oh, and wow. it really the, it, uh, it's a different show, and you can tell that you know at that because they they're such big bands too. They play stadiums, obviously, both of them, right? And yeah, for for the kind of bands they are, they they could they, it just wouldn't work without Dave Gahan and Mick Jagger. I'm sorry, just right, but it's, right. it's like it goes sure. Rolling Stones. They go into some sort of it sounded like. Like you know those those sort of pub bluesy pub bands with okay. really old players, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, and it, when you're on the stadium, it's just a, it, it was just uh, it was ridiculous. Really, it didn't work. Jagger is just like he is the man, and it is the sure. same with Depeche Mode because the band comes on and they look very old, and then the, oh, they no. on just he just. He's, you remember when he went on? He swirl. He made the swirl like he he was beer chested almost. You know immediately. And he was, oh wow! He was, he was like a he was a god. And when wow. Martin when he did his songs, it was really to me it was really evident that all right, it's there is a big they those front guys those are really 
you know they make yeah, the band. Yeah. We thought it was boring, but I've met people who said that no, they just love when they go on Lisa Stacey and Martin Gore comes in in into full bloom. But uh-huh. I, I disagree. I actually said to Shirley when we met that. I'll, I'll be faithful and everything, but if I meet Dave Gahan and he wants to sleep with me, it's just got to happen. He's so, your hall pass. <laughs> that's it. That, that's it, that's called hall. that's called a hall pass. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you, that's your hall pass. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that, that, that's fair enough. You know? that's so fair. I wouldn't that's do that with Mark and Gore. If, no. if I wouldn't be the same. Oh my god, that's so good. No. <laughs> uh, that's terrific, Chris. Did you want um, to just go through the facts really quick? Uh, yeah, I, I I wrote down three. All right, so um, personal Jesus was actually inspired by Elvis and Priscilla Presley, and uh, the honor of the biggest hit in America belongs to obviously Enjoy the Silence. But thanks to uh, covers by Johnny Cash and Marilyn Manson, they consider Personal Jesus to be most ar- arguably their famous. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's a it's interesting. And um, the lyrics were actually inspired by Priscilla Presley's 1985 movie, uh, Elvis and Me. And she considered him to be kind of godlike in a way, you know, but um, that's wow. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Cool. Just add a little fun fact to that. Yes. That Susan Boyle has also covered. Oh, Jesus. No way. I didn't know that. It's not as famous, but she has. Oh, wow. interesting. Yeah. That's so cool. I'd have to hear that. She has a beautiful voice. She does. I wonder if there's a difference between Europe and the States when it comes to those hits. Because it seems like yes. personal Jesus would be the biggest by far. Yes. Hit. Um, yes. When it comes to America, Enjoy the Silence is the biggest hit. See, that's why I said that before. Yes. I, I, I See, that's what I thought. I thought Enjoy the Silence was like their biggest hit. But it's oh, actually yeah. personal it Jesus. And it's still a- they thought that they, when they recorded it, they were like, I read somewhere that Martin Gore said that that was the only time when they recorded a song in the studio and were actually like turning around to each other saying, I think this is a hit song. Yes, yes. Oh, shit. Yes. That's so cool. And uh, But yes, uh, other parts of the world – Enjoy the Silence is still a hit, but Personal Jesus is a is bigger. bigger. Gotcha. Yes. Cool. Um, in fact, Violator was the band's first album to reach the top 10 uh, uh, on both the U.S. Billboard charts and the U.K. charts, and obviously spawned a slew of hit singles. But I thought that was interesting. Like I thought Depeche Mode was big here before that album, but apparently they weren't as big until that album hit here. Okay. Now, obviously, they were they were bigger everywhere else, yeah. but here. Interesting. <laughs> it takes a little while for America to really catch on to some yeah, of these, tell me about it. Some of these uh, bands. Exactly, because you just can't get enough. Must have been a massive hit right. in, in Europe. When was that? Like, yeah, that was 80, in like, that was 1981 bef- or something. It was really right, early on. right. And yeah. I remember then, like, I don't remember because I was very young at the time, but it's the the tale uh, says that when they played that live in Sweden and they didn't play with the drummer they played only with the synthesizer oh interesting it was like exploded in Sweden it was like oh my god the Pashmore is on TV and they play <laughs> drum synthesizer and it's insane they don't have a drummer and that was like that's so cool at the time right right now that's, oh, that's that awesome. is really cool and Karen you already hit on this 
but I'll uh, I'll I'll just uh, say it again. Um, yeah. So the original demo of Enjoy the Silence, it was slow and minimal. So basically, they didn't really have a whole lot. It was just Martin Gore on harmonium, and then Alan Wilder, I guess, just put a beat to it. And then you mentioned. Uh, so basically, their producer Flood basically just said, "I need you to put." just a guitar on that and it's interesting that basically when martin gore figured out the guitar like a guitar line uh that worked and you're absolutely right they turned to each other and basically were just like i think this is going to be a big hit yeah and so it and it just you know just goes to it is really cool it just goes to show that like having those outside people like producers and stuff like that really give a different ear and uh and can hear other things maybe that the the musicians or the artists themselves like don't hear or don't know that a certain song needs something else to really take it to a next level so i thought that's really cool very true i actually work with uh dave mccracken who is you know a part of uh he works with flood a lot and and oh cool he worked with him on uh, playing the angel Okay. So Dave, he played me a demo of "Suffer Well" because that's one of my uh, favorite songs from that al- uh, from that album. And um, yeah, it was one. so nice to hear a really early demo, and kind of it felt like I got wow. a lot closer to them when I heard that. That's that- so cool. Lucky that is really cool. Lucky you. Oh man. So is that was that your last fact, Chris? That was the last one. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Jatil and Karen, if you have any last words, anything, any plugs, anything you want to say to our listeners to leave them with. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) The pressure's on. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly they have nothing to say. (laughs) Um, That's so funny. (laughs) Guess we don't have much to say, do we? We've said so much already. Other That's than true. buy Norwegian Gothic, right? Yeah. Buy it. Buy the vinyl. We would really love to come to the States. We, we, we've been there a few times and we really love it there. So hopefully, as soon as possible, we can come over and do some shows. That, that's yeah, exactly. what we like to do. Look out for a couple of, a, a very tall couple. One of them with a gigantic Stetson hat and a metal guitar as in a oh man guitar. actual metal <laughs> that's fantastic i love that a weird missionary rock and roll missionary family uh, walking around in the streets preaching <laughs> the rock and roll gospel <laughs> i love it I love we it. definitely look forward to seeing you guys live yes um and everyone please check out norwegian gothic get the vinyl it's gorgeous it's beautiful do yourself a favor Okay. Thank you again for coming on the Thank show. We had an incredible time. We really loved it. And we loved we loved meeting Storm. That was awesome. <laughs> yes. <It's finally laughs> so th- <now>. That's <laughs> awesome. So thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Taste of Vinyl and on Twitter at Taste Vinyl. And remember, you can never own too much vinyl. Later, guys. <laughs> Later. Later.